Welcome to the Managing the Smart Mind podcast with your host, Coach Kramer. This is episode 32, Bore Out. Hey, smart humans. This is number two in a series on smart people problems, because yes, it's amazing to have a smart mind, but it also comes with a unique set of challenges. And in the second installment, I look at how bore out affects smart humans. If you never heard of the concept of bore out, then consider this. Have you ever experienced that feeling of hopelessness when thinking about work? The sense that it would never get better, that you would just have to deal, to shut up and put up? If so, you may actually have been experiencing bore out or been on a trajectory towards it. And as you may have guessed, for smart humans, bore out doesn't just occur at work, but more about that later. Because first, what exactly is bore out? You've probably heard of burnout, right? But what the heck is bore out? Well, bore out is a pretty debilitating condition where someone experiences such a lack of meaning, challenge and variety at work that it causes mental and often also physical problems. And interestingly, symptoms of bore out can be quite similar to those of burnout. Think insomnia, listlessness, depression, but also a compromised immune system, headaches, stomach aches, all the things we don't want. And some people think that the difference between the two is that bored out people aren't suffering from stress, as opposed to those with burnout, right, who just keep so much pressure on themselves. But that is actually a misconception. Bore out can come with a lot of stress, whether it's on how to not be found out to have very little to do by your coworkers or your manager, or on how on earth to keep going in a job that is utterly meaningless but pays the bill, or a combination of both. And in addition, poured out humans are usually relatively isolated when it comes to a problem, which only increases the pressure, right, and the suffering, because it is harder to get sympathy or help around not having a lot to do or not being challenged than about being completely buried in work, right? Just imagine telling your friends, oh my God, I am working 80 hours a week. It's a nightmare. I have so much to do. And saying instead, yeah, right. I My job is so easy. I am done at like 11 a.m. and I'm never challenged. What do you think will get the most empathy? Yeah. Exactly. Right. So that also makes it harder to address and makes people feel more alone in their suffering. Now, when are people at risk of bore out? Basically, in any situation where there is a lack of interesting or challenging tasks, a lot of repetitive work, where there's no perspective or possibility for growth, where there's a lack of meaning or purpose, and a lack of agency, right? Where you perceive yourself as powerless to do anything to change your situation. You're just, you don't feel in charge at all. 
So in short, when you feel your job is completely useless to you, to your company and to humanity, and you feel unable to do anything about it. I'll give you some examples to give you a feel for situations in which Borat often occurs. And first, we're going to look at mid-sized to larger companies, right? When companies or divisions are combined with mergers, for example, there could be too many people doing mostly the same thing, which leaves some with not much to do at all. And usually with good management and as the dust settles, this will be addressed. But when it doesn't, it can leave people stuck in well-paid skeleton jobs that are utterly depressing, but that they feel powerless to change. Or maybe there's a major client they've been servicing that decides to take their business elsewhere, and staff is being kept on even though there isn't a lot to do. Now, those are pretty obvious examples, as are the jobs where there's only very repetitive work that could just as easily be done by machine, right? Or where you feel like you're just paper pushing. But bore out also occurs in much more challenging environments, especially for smart people. Because they often get promoted to a level where they are no longer doing what they love. For example, creating products, but only managing and getting stuck in, in their experience, endless meetings. On the outside looking in, they have an amazing position, right? They have plenty of meaningful work to do. They have lots of influence, but they hate it. They feel like all the joy has been taking, taken out of their work and their life because what they do and the daily interactions they have are no longer fulfilling them in any way. And this is a hard thing to address when your company has, quote unquote, rewarded you with this promotion. I mean, right? <laughs> They've put you up on this pedestal. They said, you go do this thing and you actually hate it. And similarly, you can start a new job with high expectations, even like a very high profile new job with a high profile company, only to find out that because of your smart mind, the work is much less challenging than you were promised. Now, what do you do? It may be ill-advised to make a fuss straight away. You may tell yourself it's better to just keep going for a while and hope it gets better. But what if it doesn't? That's where the Borat starts. Now, do entrepreneurs, freelancers, small business owners escape Borat? Do they have it easier? Yes, they do have it easier because, in theory, they are more in charge of their day-to-day, -day, of their work. But in practice, bore out is a risk for them too. And it can show up in these scenarios, for example, doing too much work for the same client, doing too much of the same work. Or when they're scaling, again, no longer doing the work they love, but spending all, all their time managing and putting out fires. Or simply going through the motions, you know, building the business or running the business and not having a long-term vision or goal that gives meaning to what they do and sustains them. So again, even when you're quote unquote free to do whatever the hell you want, you still need to watch out for Borat. What about other areas of life? Because we've just talked about work, which granted is a massive area of our life, but for smart humans, Borat also shows up in many other places. Parenting, for example, 
And I, for one, had a really hard time feeling good about the many repetitive and unchallenging tasks that came with having a baby and a young child. Now, you do not need to call the Child Protection Services. I love my daughter to bits. But during her early years, when I insanely, in retrospect, decided to be a full-time mum, my smart mind got desperate for intellectual stimulation, any intellectual stimulation. And within a year of full-time parenting, I had lost all self-confidence and the idea that I had anything remotely interesting to say. My joie de vivre was at a dangerously low level. And I only started to realize this, finally, when I found myself baking blueberry muffins at 4am in the morning, in addition to already working as a volunteer pie maker for my local restaurant. I had so much overcapacity. And because it didn't find a proper outlet, it was turning inward against me, undermining my self-confidence. And then there's education. So many smart kids and smart adults completely check out because their school or higher education has nothing remotely interesting to offer them, right? Bore out at school or university causes disengagement, depression, and dropouts. Now, why are smart humans at a higher risk? Well, obviously, they tend to do things a lot faster, right? They learn things quickly. They love to optimize. So usually they learn a new job quicker. They learn things at school quicker, faster, grasp the concepts, etc., etc. They're just done before the other people. So they need a different level of challenge of engagement than most people. And this is rarely, if ever, catered for. And it is essential that we create this for ourselves and for our children. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with being bored now and again, right? But lack of intellectual stimulation can turn a well-behaved smart mind into a toddler with constant tantrums. And when unmanaged, this can turn inward and start undermining all self-worth and self-confidence which makes it even more important to catch and counteract it. So how do you recognize bore out and what can you do to prevent it? Because it's a bit like having a cavity. The later you catch it, the more problems it's going to cause and the more effort it requires to fix. So how do you recognize it? Well, I think it starts with listlessness, with having very low energy and enthusiasm. You just can't motivate yourself to get up in the morning to finish your tasks. You feel kind of numbed out. That is usually how it starts. And when you have these symptoms for more than four consecutive weeks and it's not a physical problem, then it's time to start taking them seriously because this is not a way to live your life. And it's also important to be aware of the causes of bore out. I've touched on them above, but here's a more complete list. Being bored at work, experiencing lack of growth, right, or opportunity for growth, lack of meaning, lack of perspective, lack of engagement, lack of challenges, checking out, no longer being present to your life, frustration, dissatisfaction, lack of professional interest, lack of felt impact or relevance or appreciation. And let's be fair, even a couple of those in your life on a daily basis, are demotivating and depressing, right? 
So do not tolerate it. And then there's the smart self-blame and the shoulds. Because when smart humans find themselves in situations like these, they can start blaming themselves by asking questions like, God, why can't I ever be happy in a job for more than three months, right? Why can't I ever stick with one thing? Why am I so difficult and demanding? And if you've listened to podcast episode 28, you know that this only further undermines your self-worth. And if you haven't yet, go check it out. Stop asking those questions. The reality is that as a smart human, you have different needs. You are not being difficult if you desire for those needs to be met. You're human, right? Now, if you have burnout or if you fear you're on a trajectory towards bore, sorry, bore out, I'm confusing them as well. How do you cure it and prevent it? Well, the steps look like this. First, you need to accept. Then you need to take ownership without self-blame. And then you create need to create perspective, meaning, recognition, organize increased autonomy, and create opportunity for variety and growth. And it may sound obvious, but that first step of acceptance can be the hardest, especially if you used to love your job or career and everyone around you thinks you still do or should. When you think, I should enjoy this, I should be grateful, I should appreciate this, or anything else with a should, and check episode 30 for more on this dirty word, then you need to take a step back and ask yourself whether you need to accept that right now you're just not happy, that you're listless, and in the words of psychologist Adam Grant, languishing. And then step two is to take ownership of the problem without beating yourself up. Don't fall into the trap of thinking there is nothing you can do. There is always something you can do, right? You have to take the power back. You may be scared to do that thing. You may dread the consequences, but there are always options. And this is also a great time to ask for help, whether from HR, someone senior within your company, or a coach, right? And then the other steps are all about changing the work you do and your perspective on it. I call this redesigning your job, but a more common term for it is job crafting. Now, what is job crafting? It does not mostly involve glitter. It is redesigning your work in a way that works for you with your smart mind. Now, I work with a lot of clients who have amazing jobs and careers, but feel stuck they often still like the company they work with and most of the people. They also like their salary and other perks, but they're no longer challenged in any way and they don't feel like they're doing things that are meaningful. This is where job crafting comes in. Because as a smart human, there is no need to take your position at face value. You don't need to accept it as is. You can use your smart mind and creativity to morph it into something that gives you joy. Of course, this isn't as simple as declaring, I will no longer do meetings. You can find me in my lab when you need me, right? It takes work, building an internal platform, smart communication, strategy to create the autonomy you need to craft the job that is perfect for you. But if you work for a company whose values you still subscribe to and where you in turn are valued 
this is a real possibility. Again, if this is work you want to do, I strongly recommend getting external support, whether for me or another coach. And when you do, you really can achieve what right now seems completely out of reach, loving your job again. And sometimes this is not a possibility. And that is where you need to start thinking about leaving and finding another amazing position. How about other areas of life? How do you prevent bore out there? Because of the way our society, schools, workplaces are organized, most smart humans have to take active steps to avoid bore out everywhere. And basically, if school or higher education isn't challenging enough, we need kind of education crafting, right? Just like job crafting. How can we make it more engaging, more interesting, more meaningful for our smart minds? And if parenting is wearing us out, we kind of need life crafting, right? How can we create more excitement around our lives, more challenge, more change. And regardless of where it shows up, if you recognize some of the symptoms in this podcast, whether in your own life or a loved one, please don't wait, right? Take action. Get help where you can. You do not have to do this alone, but do not just think, I guess this is life. I'll just have to put up with it. Please don't. And in the case of gifted children, If their school is not supporting their needs, please don't give up. There are so many possibilities out there to keep those smart brains churning. You can join local or online communities of parents in similar situations and use the wisdom of the crowd. You are not the only family struggling with this. And if other things like parenting or daily chores are wearing you down, get creative. What can you delegate? What can you do in more interesting ways? maybe even create a diaper dance. I don't know, right? Where can you create some much needed variety and challenge? Whatever you do, please do not languish. You deserve so much better. And I want you to know a smart mind is a bit like a racehorse. It gets very jumpy if it's never allowed to actually race to use its full potential. So let it. Have a beautiful week. Bye-bye. smart human. You're probably listening to this podcast because you want to learn how to manage that smart mind of yours. And the first step is actually getting your bearings, doing a little brain audit. And I have the perfect tool for that, the Mapping Your Unique Brain Workbook. And you can actually download it for free at www.coachkramer.org slash brain map. So that's coachkramer.org slash brain map. Go check it out and play with it and take your first step to managing your smart mind. Mm-hmm.